Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And there's a lot of bad stuff that is happening right now, as we are well aware of. We have the horrible situation in Ukraine. We got Russia invading Ukraine, the loss of life, and then the impact that's having on financial markets around the world, especially here in the United States. And so it's a bad situation and people don't feel good. And so I am a little conflicted that we got such great data to talk about here on the podcast, but I really do want to highlight it because it really is great data. It's good. I mean, it's, well, one of the reports is kind of how you define good, but one of the other, the other report that's construction spending is undoubtedly a great report, especially for what's happening in the housing market. But we are going to start with the Case Schiller Home Price Insight Report, also known as the redheaded stepchild of the Case Schiller Index. And what did it say? Record breaking data. That's right. In, now, mind you, this is from January. So this is the start of 2022. And. <laughs> Home prices were up 19.1% when compared to prices in January of 2021. This is the biggest year-over-year increase in 45 years, at least 45 years. That's how long they've been keeping data, 45 years. Things are not cooling down. (laughs) Now we have more evidence of that. Just month over month, 1.4%. Just month over month, 1.4%. That is how crazy things are right now in housing. Dr. Frank Nothaf, chief economist at CoreLogic, said low inventory and high demand, of course, as we've talked about many times, is putting upward pressure on prices. In December and January, Nothaf said, for sale inventory continued to be the lowest we've seen in a generation. Buyers have continued to bid prices up for the limited supply on the market. However, the rise in mortgage rates since January further eroded buyer affordability and is expected to slow price gains in coming months. And of course, we didn't really see a full impact of rising rates until I wanna say February, like mid to late February was when we really saw rates just take off. And so it'll be interesting to see what these February and March reports that we'll be getting in a couple months are going to say, because that's going to show, because we've seen no evidence that rising rates have done anything to deter or push down demand, at least not at a level where it's impacting prices. Now, of course, Phoenix continues to lead all major metro areas, as I think they have for, what, a year? It seems like they've been at the top of this list. And yeah, they're still above 30%, just barely. 30.2% year-over-year home price appreciation, followed by Las Vegas is up 25.2%, and San Diego is up 23.3%. So West is doing okay with regards to home prices. Now, on the flip side, interestingly enough, the CoreLogic report also looks at markets that they think are the most likely to see a decline in prices. They believe these markets are inflated, and they're also in the West. Uh, Lake, now I'm going to see if I get this pronunciation correct. Probably not. Uh, Lake Havasu City, Arizona, is the most 
likely to see a price decline with over 70% probability, followed by Prescott, Arizona, which they say is between 50 and 75%, and then Bridgeport, Stanford, Norwalk, Connecticut is about 25 to 50%. So even though the West has seen this crazy appreciation, they're also saying there are places in the West, Arizona, where you are seeing the most appreciation, at least Phoenix is, they're saying, well, things might be a little overheated in those markets. So looking forward, what does the CoreLogic report think is going to happen a month and a year from now? Well, they believe there's going to be at least a 0.2% gain in February. And I always joke they've never been right one time in the almost two years I have been following these reports like a hawk. I have never seen them get a prediction right. But this is the first time in a while they've actually predicted an uptick. Usually they say 0%. So at least now they're predicting a uptick. Uh, And year over year, they're expecting home prices to be up 3.8% in January of 2023. It's important to mention this. And I mentioned it yesterday. And that is... Remember that we are now entering a time where the base effect is no longer a issue. And every month it's it's not even close to being an issue. But we do know that last year when we were seeing these crazy price jumps, some of it could have been because the year prior, which would have been 2020, that you saw the market kind of take a dive, at least temporarily when the pandemic first hit. And then, of course, things started ramping up and rates fell and the Fed was buying mortgage-backed securities and then the housing market really took off, that's not even close to being an issue anymore. And so we're now looking at year-over-year price gains when the market was hot last year. So that's what's crazy about this whole scenario is that we are now well into a situation where we are comparing one year to another year that was also extremely hot. And I think that's why you're starting to hear economists get a little worried because it's no longer we're comparing a hot year to a normal year. We're now comparing a crazy hot year to a very hot year. And that's when we can find ourselves in some trouble. So that's that's why you're hearing some economists go "Uh a little worried about these price jumps because we're comparing our current data to last year when things were hot. And so we shouldn't be seeing these big jumps. And it just goes to show you how underbuilt we truly are. And that is the good news. Because not only did we get, and once again, usually when you're talking about home prices jumping, it's always looked at as being a good sign. Of course, it is a good sign if you're a homeowner. It's not a good sign if you're trying to buy. So good news, bad news, take it however you will. Most people interpret it as good news. But I think the real good news was what happened with construction spending. So we got new, or I should well, obviously it's always new construction. You're not building old buildings when it comes to construction, but total construction spending was up and actually up more than expected. So great report this month from the Census Bureau's monthly construction spending report, looking at total construction spending was up 1.3%, to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $1.67 trillion. This is in January. Economists had projected that things were going to be positive, but only 0.2%. So this just blew the predictions out, out of the water. Year over year, construction spending was up 8.2%. That is also phenomenal news. 
And the news was actually even better when it came to the all-important category, because this is all construction spending. But what really matters, especially when you're talking about housing, is residential spending. And residential spending was up 1.3%, but an even more impressive year-over-year increase of 13.2%. Once again, phenomenal. And just to break it down, private spending was up 13.4%, while public spending was actually down 5.6%. So, like I said, this is just a phenomenal report. And here's the thing, it gets better. (laughs) It gets even better because residential spending, important, but what's really important? What is the most in-demand product right now when it comes to housing? And yes, there are different categories, okay? We all know that. Single family, single family housing. And here is the phenomenal news. Single family construction spending was up 1.2% month over month, 15.4% year over year. Round of applause. (laughs) That's exactly what you want to be seeing. That is construction addressing consumer demand. People want single family homes and that's where they're directing the money, even though it's costing a lot to build. And I know it costs a lot to build anything, but if you're talking about materials and probably where you can maximize profit, multifamily, for the most part. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about just the build itself. I'm not talking about permits and everything else that you might need. So we're not gonna get into that, but just building, you could see why maybe someone would be going towards the multifamily, but the demand is for single family and that's what they're building. Now, multifamily was up as well, year over year at least, was actually down 0.1% month over month, but was up 4.8% year over year. So that is what you wanna see, okay? This is a great report, because here's the thing. We have inventory levels at historic lows. We talk about that every day here on the podcast. So the fact that we're seeing construction spending increase is great, because here's the thing. Rising mortgage rates, everyone says, what impact is that going to have on housing? And sure, it is going to have an impact on the demand side because people who were maybe on the fence of being able to buy a home are now not going to be able to buy that home because they're going to get priced out. But here's the other factor with rising rates that very rarely gets talked about, and that is it also impacts the supply side technically because people who would be thinking about maybe moving from, let's say they're in a starter home and they want to move up to a, a you know bigger house, or maybe they're in a, a nicer, bigger house, but they want to move to their dream house. They're not going to make that move because rates have moved up so much and home prices have moved up so much that now that next step is out of their price range. And so now they don't list their home. So that's a house that's now not on the market. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, Tyler, those people that were listing were then also going to be buying. So technically, it's kind of a net zero sum at the end of the day. Yeah, but it's the cycle that keeps things moving. And when that, sty- when that cycle gets kind of clogged up, it creates problems. And so rising rates not only impact the demand side, it also can impact the supply side. So here's the thing. We literally have to build ourselves out of this. And that's what we're doing. And so these construction numbers, amazing. That's what I like to see. I'm very happy about that. So great construction report. Two good, I mean, two, these are two good reports for housing. And like I said, it sucks because there's so much bad news that's happening. I feel, I feel bad like celebrating, like, oh, look at this great news that we are, uh, we're witnessing in housing. But we did actually have some good news 
So hopefully that brightens your day a little bit with, like I said, all the all the crappy news that is out there. But on that note, we got to go. Uh, before we go, of course, what is happening today? We actually have a lot going on. At 7 a.m., we're getting, as always, mortgage data. We're looking at application demand and, of course, rates. And then it's employment week. So at 8.15, we're going to be getting the ADP private payroll report. And then at 10 o'clock, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, is going to be testifying in front of the House. A lot of people are going to be watching to hear what he has to say about what could be happening in March and what impact the situation in Ukraine is going to have on that decision. So a lot going on. We'll talk about it tomorrow here on another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.